And the attorney discloses that there is a permit which was not closed off and it was a gas permit that had to close before we could, it had to be closed out before we could close the transaction. Welcome to the John and Jonathan Sell NYC podcast, where experienced expert New York City real estate brokers, John Gostaska and Jonathan Conlin, break down what's happening in the market, what you need to know whether you're a buyer, seller, or agent, and their insight into the future with a little bit of fun along the way. In this episode, John and Jonathan discuss their thoughts about the current New York City real estate market, which includes a very telling graphic and some insight into a prospective buyer situation. They'll also cover some of the many ways real estate transactions can go wrong. John and Jonathan will outline what to look out for and how to avoid dealing with potential pitfalls in the first place. Welcome back to John and Jonathan Sell NYC podcast number eight Eight. or something. I don't know. We're going to lose count real soon and we're going to stop even mentioning what number it is because then I feel like it ages us. So... We're going to uh, welcome. Hi, John. Hi, Jonathan. I'm great. You? Good. Good. I'm doing all right. How was my week? uh, Yeah, people, I'm sure people watching this think, wow, don't they see each other? No, not really. I saw you this week. I saw you this week. Each other this week. Mm -hmm. Got some good quality time in there, but it is few and far between given now where our office is, you know, uh, closed a couple days a week and, and, you know, the enjoyment of going into the city and into the office wearing a mask all the time is a little challenging. It can wear on you. Yeah, It wears on you. Yeah. I mean, sometimes we go in, I was talking to somebody the other day and and I said, you know, we go in sometimes, I go into the city, I end up at the end of the day, I realize I've been wearing my mask for like four or five hours straight. Oh yeah. And you take Mm -hmm. it off and it's like a whole new world, you know? So I got these permanent red marks here. (laughs) Yeah. Yours, you wear yours too tight. You get those, uh, those. I get uh, those stretch lines. <laughs> the stretch marks. Stretch marks. I get facial stretch marks. Yeah, that's for that's topic number nine. The topic for the day: the ways in which real estate transactions can go oh so wrong. Um, they, you know, just to name a, a couple, we're just gonna we can't talk about all the problems because, uh, as we'll get into, it's it can be fraught with issues. And if anybody's bought or sold an apartment in the city, uh, the pitfalls are unending because it's there's so many people involved and so many uh, different situations and uh, uh, et cetera. So people not disclosing whether that's the buyer or the seller uh, or being transparent about financials or or situations, et cetera. Inexperienced people, whoever that is, and we'll get into that, uh, uh, the different uh, people that are involved in the transaction and how that inexperience can can really uh, be a big pitfall for uh, the deal itself. And then we're going to just give you some, our thoughts as to how you avoid those things. So, but first and foremost, John, yes, what sir. is your takeaway? Because you haven't told me yet. So no. Is- off the cuff. Let's I don't know how to verbalize it, but I'm going to verbalize it this way. My one takeaway from the week is the excitement of doing what we do, even in a very challenging market. And what I mean by that is that each day is very different and we do not know when we're going to be surprised. So I had successfully gotten one of our transactions closed that was extremely problematic and it closed without a hitch. 
So that was one. But the biggest takeaway, the biggest surprise is knowing that I have yet to meet an international buyer who solicited me about mm, six, seven weeks ago and on a property. And he said that he's coming, he wanted to come to Manhattan from overseas to find a home for his family at a, at a rather high price point. Well, when we're solicited that way, and you and I both know we've been solicited many times over the years, most times they're not real. They're bogus. And in many times they're just people who just need attention and need to talk. People have too much time on their hands. That's correct. So in this case though, I saw it through and I continued to try to find the buyer and then the buyer would surface. And lo and behold, he ventured to the United States when the time that he told me that he could meet, time came and went. Never heard from him again, but I continued to pursue, pursue him. And lo and behold, he surfaced. And now I am taking the buyer out Sunday and hopefully Monday to look at townhouses in Manhattan. And not only that, but I was pleasantly surprised, really shocked when he wrote me a very, very kind Google review that you pointed out to me today. So you never know, even 20 years doing this, I'm pleasantly surprised. I certainly hope he shows up. And if you are watching this, sir, please show up Sunday morning because I'm going to be there ready to go. And don't stand me up, please. And then I'm going to, I'm going to let everybody know next week how I did with my surprise buyer. Yeah, it's funny. We've had how many times it's probably happened to us, maybe five times over our our, our tenure together, uh, where somebody appears out of nowhere and we've both fallen victim to it where we're like, we we feel like, okay, this this seems uh, something's a little bit off or whatever, you know, or we can't find them, we can't Google them or whatever. Um, And uh, but sometimes it does work out. And, you know, it's. Uh, it's a testament to tenacity and and follow up, et cetera. So, um, what's so your takeaway, Jonathan? So my takeaway, it, it it's more of a piece of information that has crossed our desks, uh, which is uh, we talked about, have talked about over the last couple of weeks when we're talking about the market, et cetera, where we have uh, one of the reasons why the market has really sort of seized up in Manhattan, in particular is because of the lack of people that are here. You know, uh, people, anybody that could get out of the city has taken that opportunity to go and stay in a house somewhere with a pool, with family or whatever, rent a house, go to their second home, et cetera. Because everybody's basically, everybody that can buy an apartment is financially in a position to buy an apartment uh, is more than likely has some sort of outlet to get out of the city and they can work remotely during this time. In some neighborhoods within Manhattan, 40 to 50% of the people that lived there for two weeks in February were not living there in May, um, uh, on May 1st. So it's, listen, it's always good to see some backup data or statistics to what we're feeling uh, in the market, on the streets, with our clients, et cetera, just to reinforce that. So, so that was my takeaway for the week or the, P, the piece that was a uh, uh, piece of information that I found really interesting. If you want to see more information about that, it'll be posted in our show notes. Uh, so I'm told in the description, there will be links, et cetera. Uh, so I just found it interesting and something that I wanted to point out. 
From buyers or sellers not disclosing to inexperienced or inept bankers, brokers, and more, there are a lot of ways a real estate transaction here in New York City can go wrong. The good news is, with a little bit of preparation, honesty, and a good team like ours on your side, you can mitigate those risks and give yourself the best chance possible for a smooth closing. Things that can go wrong in the real estate transaction. As you talked about in the intro, disclosure. So people simply not being honest and candid with us. And so two instances come to mind. One of them was, and even though we are really savvy and we're smart as real estate brokers, we can only get so much information. If the person doesn't impart the information to us, we are not mind readers and we don't have the ability to call them on their, you know what? So I had a friend whose apartment I was selling. We sit down with him, talking to him about price. It's a combination apartment. What's the first word thing that we ask him? We say, hey, was the combination done? And was it done? Did you combine the apartments legally? Yes, I did. Oh, so all the permitting, everything was done. Yes, everything was completed. And a very buttoned up client. You a know, very like buttoned up, that, yes. that would make sense knowing him is that, yeah, of course he did. You know, it's just, it was in character. Absolutely. So we, after tremendous marketing effort, we get it into contract right before the market starts to turn. And we are then set to close the transaction and we're going to get close to closing and the attorney discloses that there is a permit which was not closed off and it was a gas permit that had to close before we could, it had to be closed out before we could close the transaction. And I'll tell you what, I almost hit the roof. And so the I represented the seller and this was the one buyer. We only showed the apartment 10 times out of six months of marketing. So we knew this was the buyer. And then the then things started to come to fruition. So it created a tremendous amount of stress. And fortunately, we had to put money in escrow. But there's a clear example of something that could have gone massively, massively wrong. That's one thing. Yeah. And just to be clear, so everybody's aware of it, I think we should say uh, a little bit about the way that it works here is there's a lot of Department of Buildings, a lot of permits that need to happen if you do anything regarding electrical or plumbing and certainly combining units, um, there's a, 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 whole, uh, a whole paperwork trail yes. that needs to come together that it, it, many times, it's not like this is a unique instance. A lot of times, some of these permits just don't get closed out for one reason or another. Correct, so. but also it, it created a myriad of issues and not only that, the buyer then needed to, really, really needed to close and our seller was not prepared to close. And technically they could have almost gotten out of the contract, uh, but we put, they wanted the apartment, we put the money in escrow, but we finally, that day, we finally got the uh, permit, as you said, the DOB to sign off on the permit, and we did get it closed by the skin of our teeth. That's one instance, and then the other instance is quite simply a buyer lying. And not and way early on when we went when we first started with each other, you know, there's only so much information you can impart get from a buyer. And we went to contract on a small apartment, Upper East Side, you and I. And at the time of doing the board application, you got the buyer's documents. They were not represented by another agent, and uh, 
she failed to let us know that she was married. And not only that, but her husband had serious, serious credit problems. That was a red mark. That was the sheer sign. So then you- She also course, had a kid, which I did not She know. had a child too. Which that, doesn't really matter. That's, you thank know, you for that's, telling that's me immaterial. That's okay, so I never even knew that she had a child. But bottom line is that you came to me, we talked about it, and then we talked to management, and there was really nothing that we could do about it. So we submitted the application, and what did we get? A board rejection. And so- it's, Who would it's, have thought we have to ask people if they're, I mean, this was almost a million dollar transaction. Yeah. And who would have thought he never came and visited the apartment with her. She never mentioned it. She wasn't wearing a wedding ring. I, I, baffled. I mean, who would have thought on that sort of a deal they would, I, obviously she was trying to hide it or keep him out. I don't know. It was so strange. Very strange. We, we meet them all. <clears throat> Nevertheless, those would be two instances where disclosure really could kibosh a transaction. So Mr. Conlin, what about you? So the second topic we decided to focus on is uh, inexperienced or people that are on a, a, a person on the team. So I'd be, whether that's the broker or the attorney or the banker that can really cause problems in a transaction. As we've talked about before, it only takes one weak cog in the wheel for an accident to happen, for a pitfall to be uh, fallen into, et cetera. So we, we've had, a, uh, unfortunately, we've had a couple experiences as of late where on two different transactions where the attorneys, um, for different reasons, have been real roadblocks for us and, and really taken away our abilities to, uh, to usher the deal uh, to fruition. So uh, one in particular is, uh, was with an attorney that uh, obviously is not a transaction attorney, um, obviously has an, is not familiar with the standard pro forma contract language clauses, et cetera, that we see here in the city. Um, that a, a regular transaction attorney can, if you have two good transaction attorneys on a contract, they can negotiate it in a matter of one or two conversations, um, depending on the situation and anything unique to that, to that deal. Um, this one in particular took, I don't know, weeks, Three weeks. to get it pulled together. Um, actually, both of them, <clears throat> that uh, both of the instances on the attorney, um, on the attorney front, both took a, a very long time, one in which uh, it cost our client uh, a, a six-figure sum because of what happened during the transaction at, or during, in, in the market at that time. So uh, one we feel, I feel, was simple uh, inexperience and just not knowing what to do. Um, so that's one instance where there's, uh, we got through the transaction, we got to going to closing and there were documents. There's, uh, you know, the, the attorney comes into play in most transactions at the beginning of the deal, when the due diligence is being done, the, the contract is being negotiated. And then at the end of the deal, when approvals are had and all the paperwork needs to get in order to actually close the transaction. So we, we were able to get it to the finish line or, or, or approach the finish line with the approval and everything else. 
But then there was a dropping of the ball when it came to pulling together the paperwork needed in order to actually close. Uh, actually ended up in our client switching gears and hiring a different attorney. So <clears throat> that's one instance. The other one, the attorney put up a, a, a roadblock. And basically between uh, there was the transaction had another broker on the on the deal representing the buyer. We, we had the listing and the attorney basically said, I have this stay out of it. I'm going to talk to my client. I'm going to try to make, I'm going to pull this together for you. Um, and it really took, took the brokers out of the transaction um, and, and to the detriment of the client, in my opinion, uh, because there was, you know, these attorneys are, are not, um, uh, typically they're not big negotiators. They're not, they're not in tune with, uh, who the buyer is. You know, one of the benefits of having a broker is to be able to get a feeling for those buyers when we meet them face to face. Um, and then the dialogue between the brokers, between the buyers and the seller's broker is very important in terms of setting expectations, et cetera. And then negotiating if, if trouble happens, if, if things go awry. Yeah. So um, I know that this is inevitably going to cost our client a lot of money. And, and there's, there's really nothing that we can do uh, at this point. And uh, so we, that has yet to be seen. Uh, that needs to still come together. And it's very frustrating for, for the brokers who are, are so uh, instrumental in pulling together a deal to then just be plucked out of it. And it's the first time, frankly, it's the first time I've ever had it happen um, in, in 18 years and hundreds and hundreds of transactions. So it's, it's a little baffling to me still. Um, <clears throat> so, it, but it certainly can be a huge problem. So what do we do to get around these issues? How do you avoid these pitfalls? What would you say, John? What's the number one thing? I, I think it's through uh, years of experience of uh, being able to um, maneuver and be able to uh, assemble uh, assemble as many players in the transaction as possible. So we as brokers have much more control over the transaction. We've had years of experience where we have very qualified attorneys, bankers, and uh you know, if, a, if, a, if the other agent is not um, up to snuff, we're able to help the other broker. But when it comes down to the attorneys dropping the ball or the uh, bankers, we don't have any control over that. And so that's what I would say. Um, how about yourself? What would you say? Well, going beyond the brokers, us being involved in the transaction or an experienced broker, agent, there's many of us out there, um, uh, is the team that you assemble, like you mentioned. So, uh, if you're working with the right people, you know, I, I will equate uh, working with an experienced agent or working with an experienced attorney, a good transaction attorney, or a good banker that's familiar with New York City in specific um, is like, you know, it's like buying insurance to avoid Absolutely. these pitfalls. Well put. And, and it's, it's not like, what do you buy insurance for? You don't buy insurance uh, to just have it, you have it in case something goes awry or there's an additional challenge in your life um, that you need 
some experience to help guide you through it. So putting that team together is certainly the number one thing, in my opinion, uh, the broker included. So I'm just building on the, the, the uh, point you made is to make sure you hire the right people. Um, you do your own due diligence. If you don't want to work with somebody that the broker is recommending to you, the agent that you're working with, ask your friends, um, ask your family, other people that have bought and sold within the same market. Uh, don't use somebody that's never, you know, represented somebody that's sold a piece of New York City real estate, a Manhattan co-op. That in and of itself will tell you a lot. If, you, if they've never represented a, a person that's, that's traded a Manhattan co-op apartment, then they're not the right fit for you. I don't care if they're related to you. I don't care if they're your best friend. It, it, it's not going to behoove you to, to hire that person to represent you. So to water, man, we can only lead the horse to water. And we've experienced that very, very intensely in the past six months. So unfortunately I, too many times in our career, you know, working with the agent as to go to your point is, you know, we can overcome a lot of that just by, I mean, how many board packages have we done for other brokers that are, it's their first transaction or they just don't know what they're doing? Um, you know, our goal is in line with the buyer's broker. We'll help you, you know, we'll, we'll get it done. Um, but if, you ha if you're working with an agent that doesn't have that mindset of we're all in this together, let's just get it across the finish line, that also will be a big problem. So sure. Use mature, seasoned, trusted real estate agents. Um, so Are you sure you're pointing yeah. the right way? Uh, <laughs> thank you all for watching. It's been great. Listen, if you have, um, I, I'm going to just say to the audience, if you have questions or comments, uh, it really helps us out. Leave us a review on our uh, podcast. Uh, we're, we're here to uh, please. It's for your information. I'm loving it. I think you look great. You also look very good in white today, or is that lavender? Is it lavender? Lavender, yes. It's lavender, it's beautiful, even better. You're a vision in lavender. And so- um, No, or if anybody has a specific topic. I mean, we have tons of topics to go through, but- Tell a friend, evangelize. Why not? Uh, so we've, I've loved it. Evangelize, is that a thing? Yes, is that a evangelize. Word? Evangelize, you know, tell your friends about it. Bring them into the fold. So with that, I think I wish you a great weekend and a great week. Me too. And I wish we'll look forward weekend. to number nine next week. And so thank you all for tuning in, everybody. Have a wonderful, uh, wonderful weekend. And uh, Mr. Conlon, you do the same. I look forward to seeing your shining face on Monday. And next week, I will update on the adventure of my new buyer. Thanks for watching or listening to the John and Jonathan Sell NYC podcast, where experienced expert New York City real estate brokers, John Gostaska and Jonathan Conlon, break down what's happening in the market, what you need to know, whether you're a buyer, seller, or agent, and their insight into the future with a little bit of fun along the way. If you'd like to take a look at our listings, have a property you're thinking of selling, or are wondering if we could help you finally find the perfect place to call home, feel free to reach out. You can email us at info at johnandjonathansellnyc.com or reach out via our Facebook page or Instagram at johnandjonathansellnyc. If you enjoyed today's podcast, consider telling a friend or family member about it or leaving a review on Apple Podcasts. 
Those are some of the best ways of supporting our efforts and we would greatly appreciate it. Thank you again for tuning in. We can't wait to share what's coming up next. Subscribe to the podcast to make sure you don't miss our next episode and we'll see you next time.